Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Azarin, the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. There are a few things that I would like to share today. The first one is an observation that helps me personally. I told you earlier that I have been, earlier as in in previous podcasts, that I've been reading a lot recently. Now, one of the types of books or genres of books that I've been reading is autobiographies. For example, I read Kevin Hart's autobiography. I'm currently reading um, Gandhi's autobiography. I also read Anne Frank's journals, which isn't exactly an autobiography, but it's quite similar to an autobiography because you can see how she was thinking about things. I particularly enjoy reading people's accounts of their own life and how they navigated different situations, particularly if the individual is quite unique, whether it means they're unique in terms of their financial success, they're unique in terms of, who knows, impact they had on society, or they're unique in some way and they're very popular for something and known for being excellent in one way, shape, or form. It's cool to read about their stories for a number of reasons. One of them is you see exactly how the person is still human. They're still human. So Kevin Hart is an interesting autobiography to read because you see how much of a flawed individual he is. He talks about very openly the errors that he's made. Even Gandhi, the autobiography I'm reading now, he also shares many flaws that he has and many many mistakes that he has made. The first, one of the first thoughts I had about the book in the initial few chapters is just how honest he is about things that are probably not that comfortable for him to share. He talks about very deep personal flaws that are, well, they're easy to judge someone for them. I've also learned recently, I, I need to look more into it, but it seems like Gandhi has done some pretty awful things as well that maybe are not as widely known. I don't exactly know what they are. I need to read more into them. But I'm not surprised because when when I'm reading his autobiography, I could see how he would have tendencies to to perhaps do things that are morally questionable, to say the least. So autobiographies are interesting because you can see how someone thinks and you can learn something from it. I I bring this up for the following reason. One strategy that I personally use, and I think other people do it too, although maybe not consciously, is when I want to learn something that I don't know how to do, I will look at someone who's very successful at said thing, and I will try to break down what that person is doing. Especially if the person was almost almost like you could say genetically inclined to do that thing. So if someone was genetically inclined, genetically inclined meaning that was what they were almost meant to do. It's like their environment put them in a position where they're doing something that they're doing due to their environment, how they grew up, but also their personality lends really well to what they do. And, you know, a good example is like Kevin Hart. He has this, he had this upbringing where his mom basically scheduled every minute of his life and he was busy he was busy and so when he started to work in comedy and now when he runs businesses and things of that nature 
he has the ability to put his head down and work very, very hard and be very productive and not get tired. He's kind of wired that way, probably at some level genetically, and also his environment made it so that he can do that quite easily. So by me reading his autobiography, I can read that. He doesn't say it explicitly, I don't think. Maybe he does, but it's not the main point of the book. But when I read his autobiography, I can see that pattern and say, oh, look, he was raised like this. Then when he worked at the shoe store and he wanted to be the top manager guy, he would pull triple shifts and would work minute to minute to minute. Oh, that's interesting. That's one of his keys to success. Interesting. Doesn't mean I have to do that. But it allows me to see how someone views the world and what tools each individual used to reach pinnacles that they have reached. And then you can choose, or not choose, it's up to you, but you can choose basically to use whatever tools that someone else did to reach success for yourself. Not every tool is going to be a tool that you want to use, but some of them are going to be tools that you want to use. And you'll make observations that you can now implement into your life. It's almost like having a, an instruction manual without someone explicitly telling you the instructions. It's like you're watching someone and you're watching what they do and you're inferring. You are seeing them implement the instruction manual for their life and you're seeing what instructions match well with you. Does that make sense? So why do I bring all this up? Well, I bring this up because I speak multiple languages and while I work hard to learn the languages that I've learned, and it's not easy for me and it takes me a number of years, I think it's fair to say that most people are not able to go learn five different languages, all of which I speak at a minimum reasonably well, as in at least at a mid-intermediate, very comfortable level. And then two, three of the languages I speak very, very well, English, French, and Spanish. Not to mention all the languages, I have excellent pronunciation, excellent grammar. I really speak them well, essentially. So that's not always very common. And I'm not saying that to brag, but I was thinking about this to go, okay, wait a second. This is something that my life has set me up in such a way to do. Let me analyze the things that I do that work for me, and maybe I can break some of them down for you. And so one thing I realized that I do that I don't know if everyone else does, I've just done it like this. I just, it seems to be the logical way to do it. No one ever taught me to do it, but boy, it works well. Is to attach yourself, to attach yourself, whether it be in person or virtually, to a very small group of native speakers and emulate them, emulate them to the best of your ability. When I was learning French, I lived with a French family, and I was attached to this one other guy that was my age, my exchange student, like glue. I followed him everywhere he went. I did everything he did. I was with him all the time. When he saw his friends, I went with him. When he went to class, I was in his classes. When he played cards, I played cards. When him and his family went on family vacation, I went on family vacation. I was attached to him, his two parents, and his sister all the time. There were some other people as well that I saw very frequently. And it was a very small group of people. Something to the effect of, you know, 10 people maybe that I saw regularly all the time. And those were the influences that I initially emulated when learning French. Now, that circle eventually expanded, but during a core 
portion of my life where French, where learning French was a pri- was a big priority, I was stuck to those people. Spanish, same thing. I had Rosalba. Rosalba was, I spent three hours a day with her, with Rosalba, and then her family after that. I traveled and visited her family in Peru, and I spent time with her and her family. Like, boom, that was a very intensive experience. Of course, there were others too, but the primary influence was this one person. If we look at Gujarati, similar thing. Although Gujarati, I had a base from my family, but even there, I went to India. One instructor. I saw her six hours a day, six days a week for two months. One person. I had a couple of other friends I saw regularly too outside of that. One or very small group of people. Mandarin. Mandarin. Uh, Mandarin, same thing, but not exactly to the same extent, but similar. Similar. I lived with a family in Taiwan for seven weeks. I did a lot with them. I worked. I worked. I played with the kids. I taught the kids English. I ate dinner with the mom and the dad. On weekends, we'd go out. It wasn't to the same extent as some of the other experiences, but same thing. You have this one person or a very small group of people that you're with all the time. And, and you allow that to become the influence to how you speak in the language. Some people have referred to this as a language parent. And I think that's probably a fair way to view it. The change that I'll, the one little tweak would be that for me anyway, sometimes these people have changed. So I have like one major influence for a while and there's someone else, but, but a language parent might be a good way to think of it. Um, a, a version of what I just said, a version of that advice, which is not exactly the same, but it's still very similar, is you could do this virtually. So you could, for instance, I did this for Mandarin for about a month or two, something like that. I absorbed myself in one person's content on the internet. I followed lots of people, but one person primarily. I listened to everything. I would listen to her all the time and listen to her and get used to her way of speaking, the words she uses. I did that for a couple months. In fact, now that I'm thinking of it, I forgot about this altogether. During COVID for roughly a year, something like that, maybe more, let's say a year, same thing in Mandarin. One person from Singapore. I listened to her. She had this live radio style show during COVID. She did from, I don't know if it's her home or a studio. I don't actually know her and her significant other. And it was like her, man, like one person. There's something about finding, whether it's someone you know in real life or someone online, there's something about finding that one person or maybe a very small group of people. And that's the primary person or the primary people that you listen to and consume and get used to how they speak. You emulate how they speak, how they speak. You listen to their accent, you listen to their content, you, you entrench yourself in their viewpoints and you try to understand them to the deepest possible level. You follow them on social, you text with them if they're someone you actually know in real life. You, you entrench yourself as much as you can with that person or with those people, whether it be someone you really know when it's a friend, for example, and you try to maximize the amount of time you spend with a friend or someone online that you don't even know personally, but they just posted a lot of content. They're a YouTuber, they're a singer, they're a songwriter, they're a Instagrammer, they're a TikToker, they're a whatever, and you get entrenched in their, in their work. There's something about that that I find is very helpful, that has been very helpful for me. And I don't know 
I don't know if this is something that'll work for everyone. I don't know if this is some if this is scientifically, linguistically proven to work. I, I don't know. I truly don't know. But going back to what I was saying in the beginning, something that is very useful when you're trying to learn a skill is to find someone who does it well, analyze what they're doing to try and pull learnings out from it. And so that's what I'm doing to myself. I'm analyzing how have I learned languages? Let me try and pull out some learnings. This one may or may not be relevant because I haven't seen enough people that do it to be like, oh yeah, that works. I've seen some people, but but really this is just a personal experience and hopefully some of you can try it and it works for you. Changing gears a little bit, I want to talk about something that has nothing to do with language learning, although you could apply it to language learning, to be fair. Um, but it's something that's been a big focus in my life. Well, for my whole life, or a big chunk of my life, but particularly the past few days. And this has been discipline. Something I started to do, which I have done to an extent, but never to this extent, is I've started to look at exactly how many hours I'm awake and exactly how I want to spend my time minute by minute. I'm looking at it right now. So I've, I'll let me read it to you. I'll read it, maybe not the whole thing because it's kind of long. But I've broken down Monday to Thursday, how I want to spend my time. Fridays, how I want to spend my time. Saturdays, how I want to spend my time. The first and third Sunday of the month, how I want to spend my time. And the second and fourth Sunday of the month, how I want to spend my time. Sundays, I, I do like a cleaning day in the house every two weeks. So I can't have the same schedule every Sunday. It just doesn't work. So that's why it's, Sundays are split up. But Monday, Monday, Monday to Thursday, I've literally broken this down. Monday, I have my morning routine. Takes about an hour. I've also outlined what the morning routine is. Eat breakfast. Takes, about, takes me about half an hour. Making content. 45 minutes. Prepping for lesson. 45 minutes so on and so forth. I've just listed out all the tasks that I do, but also that I would like to do. Maybe I don't do as much of it as I'd like to, but all the tasks I'd also like to do and that I actually do. And I've written down how long they take, as well as how much time I'd like to spend on them. So I'm awake for 16 and a half hours every day, and I've kind of broken down, took me some time to do, broken down how much time I want to spend on everything that I spend time on. Now, you might think, Azrin, that's kind of crazy. That's ex that's very difficult. It requires discipline. Why the heck would you want to do that? I can picture, in fact, I know for a fact there are people that view that as some kind of a prison. Like, wow, I only have an hour for that, half an hour for this. I'm always looking at the clock. Ah, so stressful, which I respect. I understand. Let me explain to you why I did it. So I did it because... I'm self-employed. What that means when you're self-employed is you don't have a boss at work who tells you when work starts and when work finishes. You also don't have a boss that tells you exactly what your responsibilities are. So you have complete freedom. And here's something interesting about human beings. When you give a human being infinite possibility, a lot of people, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people get paralyzed by choice. They don't know what to spend time on because the priorities have not been determined. So for me, when it came to work, every day I would write, sit down and write down what the priorities were, which I still do, by the way. 
but but I still I didn't feel like I was always spending my time in ways that made me happy, both outside of work and at work. Sometimes I found it difficult to draw exactly where the line is. This is where I should spend this much time on this job. Did I spend enough time marketing? Am I just spinning my wheels? Am I just busy? So I wanted to literally list out what are all the things I want to do? Like, do I want to watch TV? Do I want to watch movies? Do I want, like, what are things I need to do and what are things I want to do? And I made a list and I started to hash out the timelines. I also want to get back to studying, um, to studying languages. So Mandarin and Gujarati particularly, but even just a little bit of maintenance work on my French and Spanish. And I was feeling so busy that I wanted to list out, like, how much time am I actually spending on things? And how much free time is actually in my calendar? And I couldn't believe when I actually looked at it, I was like, oh, oh my God, I have way more time than I thought. It's so crazy when you really think through all the things you do, how much time it takes, the things you want to do, you list it out and list out exactly how long it typically takes you as, how, as well as how long you want to spend on that task. And you really look at your schedule, look at your life through a microscope, at least for me, I couldn't believe that even though I, I was busy, and I am busy, I actually have a pro action. I can tell you exactly how much. I think it's five hours. Let me just double check. Three plus. Yeah, I've got about five hours a week for me to dedicate toward learning a language, possibly a little more. I can probably get up to six or seven. And I was like, whoa, I would have never guessed that. I would have thought it's only one or two hours. So the discipline of writing down these, this is how I spend my time mixed with some flexibility because sometimes things come up and it's, you just didn't control it or you couldn't control it. So fair enough. I'm not going to beat myself up if it happens, but at least I go in with a pretty damn good plan as to here's how I would like things to happen. Here's exactly how I want to spend my time. Here's how long it takes. And it's been so liberating for me. There's a book I actually just got from the library. I haven't even opened it yet because I'm reading Gandhi's autobiography. The book is called Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink. I want to read it because the concept of discipline, discipline leading to freedom, it sounds counterintuitive. But to me, that makes perfect sense because the more disciplined I am, I get more and more disciplined, more and more not structured. It's maybe discipline's the right word. I get more and more disciplined as the years go on. And the more disciplined I get, the more freedom I feel I have. But it, it seems so counterintuitive because I've literally told myself exactly how much time to the, to the minute every day of where I want to spend my time and how I should be spending my time. So it sounds so, it sounds so prison like, at least on the outside. But to me, I'm like, oh, I have freedom now. Now that I've decided this is how to spend my time, now I'm truly free and way more. I've taken a mental stress off my brain. It's kind of cool, something about that. So I just wanted to share that with you. I don't know what to take away from that, what, what you should learn from it. I mean, I wanted to share it and you can take away from it what you will take away. But I wanted to share it because it's been really important to my life recently and it's been helping me a lot. I'll read you my full Monday to Thursday, actually, just so you can kind of understand how I've structured things. Morning routine, one hour. 
eating breakfast, half an hour, making content, 45 minutes, lesson prep, 45 minutes, teaching, uh, teaching, four hours, teaching or so marketing, teaching or meetings for marketing. So I will do a lot of free classes or things like that, which is a form of marketing. So I've said an hour and a half per day. Other marketing tasks, 45 minutes a day. Answering emails, half an hour a day. Lunch, half an hour. Chores, 45 minutes. Whoopsies, I just clicked something on my computer. Uh, chores, 45 minutes. Dinner, one hour. At home, I'm sorry, uh, exercise, one hour. Uh, meetings with my instructors, half an hour. I call some the I call this impact time. Impact time might, it might be like free time. I can choose how I feel is best to use it. One hour. Nighttime routine, two hours. And then on Wednesdays only, I've got an I've got a couple hours of swimming. So Wednesdays Wednesdays are kind of a weird day, but generally Monday to Thursday, that's how I spend my time. So my family time kind of comes with dinner and my nighttime routine. That's where family time comes in. And so that's, I've listed all the time. So now what I do every day is I look at my calendar every morning or, or even at the nighttime and I see, okay, I was gonna teach for four hours. Do I have four hours of teaching schedule today or did someone cancel? Ooh, someone canceled. So I have an extra hour today. Okay, what will I do? Can I slot someone else in? The, can I slot someone else in to get an extra hour of teaching? Am I doing an extra hour of marketing? Oh, that's good to know. Content, 45 minutes. Do I have time for that today? Oh man, it's looking like it's not going to fit. How will I move things? It gives me some guidelines to follow. Again, I don't know if that's for everyone, but it's been really meaningful for me, so I wanted to share it with you guys. All right, have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.